Welcome to an incomplete guide to world domination, a podcast by creators for creators, because together we can take over the world. I'm your host, Brianna Toiber. My name is Danae. That's probably the simplest thing. Um, <laughs> I am a content creator for a YouTube media channel, Cinema Sins, TV Sins. And then I'm also on uh, their podcast, Behind the Sins, where we take a deeper look into the different videos that have been released on all of the channels. I write for the Cinema Sins and the TV Sins channel. And then we talk about the Movie Sins channel as well. Um, And we also cover like other news and things that are happening. There are several podcasts that we all do. And so that's what I'm doing right now. It's not what I've always done. It's actually a really recent development sort of in my uh, career, but that's uh, that's been the most recent thing I'm doing. And so through that, I'm meeting a whole bunch of new people because it's a much larger platform with a lot of built-in fans. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I like when I saw God Rave on your slider on CinemaSense, I was like, oh my God. God, what? <laughs> it's a lot of fun. That just sounds so cool. But okay, so let's go back a bit and back to sort of like maybe when you were just getting started out, like what'd you go to school for and what'd you do when you first got out? Good question. Um, I actually didn't go to college. When I got out of high school, I had major I would say uh, I had a problem with authority figures. I hated deadlines. I was just mad at the world. And the last thing I wanted to do was to continue going to school. I started working um, when I was 15. I started working my first job. And I just really liked working. I liked going and trying new things. And so I've worked at, I mean, you name it, I've done it from working at fast food places, to waiting tables, to a printing press, to accounting. I've tried all kinds of things. And I went to massage therapy school. I've been in business consulting and I worked as a travel agent. So I kind of have just done all kinds of things. I I get passionate about learning and just the, I love the startup. I love the excitement of a new beginning. And that really just gets my brain going. And I never decided to just go to college. I just continued to work. And through all of that experience, um, just continuing to build good relationships with people. So it was almost like, like there was a season whenever I ran a bead store, uh, people would come in and they would make jewelry and I would teach them how to, you know, string up necklaces and weave beads together and all this stuff. And while I was there, I would meet somebody who owned a business. And then when the bead store closed down, they wanted me to go over and work with them. And so it's just sort of this string of relationships and experience and random encounters and living life. I'm a very much live in the moment kind of a person. And so through these random series of events, I then ended up, this is crazy. It sounds like a crazy story, doesn't it? (laughs) I'm just realizing how crazy it sounds. Yes. I'm just sitting here. I'm just sitting here like, I feel like we could do this for a couple of episodes but keep going I I'm I had been told throughout the years that I would be really fun on radio and so I had multiple people tell me to contact a local radio station which seemed ridiculous 
But eventually after hearing it so many times, I did that. And then um, I went in for an interview and I was put on the morning show the next week. And so then I did a morning show in radio for about eight years. Um, and then through that relationship is when I got into podcasting and I began to help other people launch their podcasts and, and kind of help with their passions and their excitement for whatever project they were doing. And then through those relationships is how I wound up meeting the guys from CinemaSins. And I'm skipping, obviously, thousands of details, um, but, you know, all of it's just part of my story. So I didn't go to college. I've just been living, <laughs> living this really interesting life and following the flow. It sounds kind of like you got all of the stuff that you would normally get in college with the real world experience and then some and you got paid for it. Yeah, I I feel like that's true. I I sometimes wish that I would have had the college experience. I've had a couple conversations with some friends and there are just certain skill sets that I struggle with that I think you develop when you go to college. The importance of sitting down and focusing on paper, you know, getting papers written and research and I kind of skipped all of that and went into hands-on. But now with my job with CinemaSins, I am forced to sit down and write and focus and research. So it's really interesting. You're, you're totally right. Well, here I am. And my career is showing me when it's time to kind of develop that skill set. So I'm not saying this would work for everybody. Uh, I think college is in incredibly important, especially if you really feel like you know what you want to do. But for me individually, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So it would have potentially shown me, like maybe I would have gone to college and like taken a course and, and it would have opened up my mind and revealed some pathway, but uh, I, I'll never know because I, I didn't go. Like you said, not everyone can do it, but it sounds like it worked for you. And also a lot of, especially with community colleges, they'll have continuing education courses. Mm -hmm. So if there's something that you want to learn, you can just like take a class in it and pick up a new skill. Exactly. Yeah. And I've, I've thought about that. And it costs a lot less money than a full-on degree. Mm -hmm. And you already know how to do half yeah. the stuff <laughs> that you need to know how to do. Yes. Yep. I know. Well, and I also know just enough to be really dangerous too, right? Like, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I have to be really humble. Sometimes I'll get a phone call or I'll have an email from someone like, Hey, I would really love your perspective on this project. I know, you know, you've helped out some such and such and so forth beforehand. And, and I'll get on the phone with them and listen to what they have going on and be like, Hey, I, you know, this could be a good direction for you, but you probably want to talk to somebody who does this professionally <laughs> I can give you my opinion but I'm not certified yeah sometimes that professional opinion can be very useful so what are some of the you mentioned you've worked with a lot of podcasts what are some of the ones that you've worked with my podcasting experience has been really interesting so coming from like a radio background into podcasting a lot of the consulting and stuff that I've done is to help radio stations uh, figure out how to think about podcasting and I haven't done it a whole lot in that like you think like 50 60 different radio stations I've consulted with a handful and then on top of that I'll consult with probably about 10 different people 10 different podcasts at this point in time as they're trying to conceptualize their idea and help them understand from start to finish the work it takes to podcast, because I feel like 
a lot of people want to start one, but they really don't see the full picture of what the project entails. And so I kind of take them through a three month long process of conception, planning, and then execution. Uh, And I've done that probably about 15 times so far. It's been really exciting and fun and it takes a, you know, it takes a lot of work. The guy that I was on the radio with for a number of years, his name is Aaron Dicer. He is also one of the mm-hmm. writers for CinemaSins. He and I did a radio show together. We do podcasting together. He's the one that introduced me to podcasting. And then since then, we just kind of stay up on the know. I went to Podcast Movement, which is the podcasting convention. Learned a lot from just people who have been doing it for a long time and practices that work and don't work. And then I share that knowledge with the network of podcasts that I continue to help influence to this day. I may or may not know one of the people who helped sort of found podcast movement. Oh, you know them? Through a local meetup called Podcast Dallas. Like I haven't been able to make it to that, but he goes to some others that I go to that are like social media and WordPress related. So every time someone mentions that, I'm like, I think I know one of the people that started that. Is it Jared? Jared Jared Easley, maybe? No, I don't remember his name, but I remember it's not that. I'm terrible with names. <laughs> well, there's several people that were involved, and, and I had an opportunity to talk with several of them while I was there. Because it's just like a really relaxed environment. There's a lot going on, but you can also just walk up and talk to a lot of people who, you know, have influence over the podcasting community. And, you know, podcasting is so fun because it's like, but you have to be passionate about it. You have to know what you want to talk about. Yes. And you have to know at the very beginning when you get into it, that there's, you're doing it for the passion. You're not doing it for the downloads or the money because there are very few downloads and there's like almost no money unless you have a plan. You know, there's always a way to boost your numbers and there's always a way to get a sponsor but you have to kind of manage those expectations. And so yep. those are the kinds of conversations I love to have. Not not to be discouraging, but just to sort of help whoever prepare for that reality. Yeah, because technically, like starting a podcast, there's a very low barrier of entry to get started. But to be successful, it takes a lot of work because, you know, I do too. And they're both currently bi-monthly. And I, for some reason, I thought it'd be, well, it's a good idea to have them be, um, be bi-monthly on alternate weeks, but since I might one day get them to where they're both weekly, I decided to have them on different days of the week. Yeah. So one week I have to get something out on a Monday, the next week I have to get something out on a Wednesday. Yeah. It's a, it's really a lot of work. And if you find your, if you find your groove and you can kind of find, find how to manage it and what I mean by manage it, I mean, it, it sounds so foreboding and it it can be sometimes but if you are the content creator and you're the one with the passion for it then you have to try to find a way to make it manageable so that you can stay passionate about it and not get bogged down because those of us who are really creative that creative energy doesn't always naturally flow into project management that stuff that minutia can get really you know depressing and scary and overwhelming and so If if you can find a way to keep it, like maybe the podcast episodes are going to be shorter, or like you said, maybe you're releasing them in a timely fashion where you have time to work on it and it's not just eating you alive. And that's the important thing to kind of consider. And uh, yeah, so I, 
I don't know. I love helping other people find their voice and find their passion and figure out a way to like encourage them to make it work. This sort of new arena that I find myself in right now, you know, working with CinemaSins and also doing my podcasting stuff on the side. It's just a really fun season. And so I'm really excited to connect with you and meet other people who are just out there having fun. And of course, I got uh, I got to you through your post on Twitter about uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which is another really fun thing. That I was not expecting that to explode like that. And I'm just like, I have over 140 different characters to interview. Wow, that's so fun. <laughs> yeah, so... Basically, I'm good for the next four years at this rate. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... You might have to get picky. <laughs> yeah, and like also have some friends and like one of my DMs, he introduced us to this really interesting character through a detour who we saw him become a god. So that was fun. Also, he was a three no 400 year old goblin when we, he met him. So that was weird. They typically live about 30 years. So I have like all these other things I want to do and it's going to be fun balancing it all. Yeah, that's definitely the trick to anything. You know, wherever you are in your life, there's always a balance. And the trick of it, no matter what you're doing, is to make sure that you have enough carved out you time to replenish your energy. Because then it doesn't matter what else you're doing, whether it's something that you love to do or that it's just a grind to do for this for a time. You have to have a, some sort of source where you can, you know, draw in your excitement. And there is a mm -hmm. crossover for some people who find a way to make their work also something that feeds them. And that's a, I mean, that's the dream is when you find something that you love doing that gives you energy that you could just do without even thinking about it and get paid for it and build a career out of it. And so I think I've, I think I'm actually getting really close to that being my reality, which is so, so it's almost like it's humbling. And I have to remember that I've put the work in, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of years grinding to kind of find that. Something I'm working towards as well. And like, I'm still not a hundred percent sure what that's going to end up looking like, but I just, I love telling stories and I love helping other people tell their stories. And I'm also kind of mildly obsessed with the storytelling you get out of D D in the character oh, development yeah. mm -hmm. because i i could just go on about that i'm actually playing with the idea of eventually doing a podcast where i sort of interview people about their characters mm -hmm. like how do you create your character like how much of your because some people put themselves pieces of themselves into their characters whether they realize it or not yeah. And sometimes like you can realize stuff about yourself watching your character grow and evolve and the game comes to mean different things to different people and and I just find stuff like that fascinating. I do too. We have, we have a very similar idea and with the explosion of excitement for D&D &D and RPG games in general right now there's a massive acceptance for it. Um mm -hmm. I I actually restarted playing Dungeons and Dragons after a number of years taking a break. The community that I was playing with, my time with those people kind of came to an end, just like happens. You know, sometimes you stop school yeah. or you stop working at a job and you don't see those same people anymore. So that had yeah. kind of happened. And I never really connected with anybody who played D&D. &D. Uh, I went on to play music with people for a number of years and other projects. But then suddenly I kind of 
uh, actually, I discovered uh, Critical Role, of course, right? A little over a year ago. And the Adventure Zone. (laughs) I haven't seen the Adventure Zone. Is that a good one? It's by the the McElroys. They did My Brother, My Brother and Me. I think they started it as like a one-shot thing. But then it got really popular, so they kept doing it. And okay. like the first episode, you can tell they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> That's the best, right? <laughs> Whoever knows. I kind of recommend that to people who are like trying to get into it because I feel like it's it's a good place because they spend a lot of the episode like explaining how things work. Okay. So it's a nice sort of introduction and you get to see how both silly and serious it can be. Right. I don't even remember how it happened, but I, I came across Laura <laughs> Bailey's uh, one shot where she did like a mashup of the breakfast club and Hogwarts. And I watched that first. And then I, I was like, Oh my gosh, what is this? What's happening? And then worked myself backwards and started critical role from the beginning their their second season. And I talked about it on another podcast that I was on. And one of the people that was listening to that show reached out to me and said, Hey, my husband is a DM and would love to put a game together. Are you interested? And so cool. I was like, yeah. And at the time, my really good friend, I, had two, I have two friends that I just knew could really benefit from playing and they had never played before. So I met with each of them independently and talked about like how to build a character and and I, I kind of guided them through the process of how to make one really easy. Like you don't have to know everything about D&D to get started. And so I was trying to kind of give them like, do you want to play someone sneaky or do you want to play someone that swings a big ax? And so each, each of them started off at a different place and they both built in parts of themselves into the character, just like you were saying. And one of them was going through a really horrible breakup. She'd been with someone for 10 years. And so part of her character's story was this emboldened, feministic, like, roar feel to her character because she was really finding her power in her real life. And I was watching it going, this is so therapeutic for both of these women to just be out of their heads in a safe environment where we're just playing a game, but they're still able to explore the emotions of something that is themselves, but is outside of themselves at the same time. We get together for brunch regularly. We got together this past Sunday and we're like literally talking about that. And I was telling her an idea for a podcast to do something very similar to what you're talking about. And because it's just, there are these tools you can use in life to sort of discover more about yourselves. And oftentimes games really are an outlet for that. They're an expression of us, whether it's an RPG game or you know, oh, yes. it could be a shooter game on Call of Duty or something, you know, where you're mm-hmm. like going around, but you find a tribe of people that you can just be yourself with. And it's just a really awesome experience, especially if you find the right people to play with. Well, if you decided to make that a thing and you would like an extra person, let me know. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Because I'd love to be a part of that, but I don't think doing three podcasts <laughs> and working in retail is the yep. best idea. Although I'm trying to get yeah. that second part. <laughs> It's hard. I have so many ideas and so little time. And so it's creatives. It's the curse of the creative. There's always something fun up in the old noggin and there's never enough time or resources. (laughs) And I don't know, maybe someday I'll have a team of people that can kind of help me bring things to life and share the burden. But for right now, it's just a lot of fun to think about all the possibilities. I 
don't think I've ever gone more than like three or four days, well, more than like a week or so without realizing, hey, you know, this could be cool to do. Oh, yeah. And oh, my that's God. another creative idea that's going on the shelf for now for when I actually have time for that. <laughs> I have this problem of going and buying websites. <laughs> like when I think of an idea, <laughs> I'll literally go buy the URL. And so I have probably about four or five. And then I have three saved right now of ideas for, for shows or a, a company or something. And I just go by the so I'm like legitimately paying $12 a month or, or a year rather for these ideas just because I want them. So I, I get it. That's you don't want to decide to do it and then I, and then it's gone. And then you have to rename it because it's already got a name, right? I have like the best idea. I just need I need an outlet for it. <laughs> so ugh. anyway, yeah, I totally, I feel that. Yeah. And I know, I think like, it's really cool too, because as you, and I get out there and you talk to other people or you work on a project. Sometimes you meet another person who has a skill set you don't have and they can really be that missing link for something. Like for me, I am always attracted to people who are doers. I am a dreamer and I am somebody who can lead and command and I can perceive how things need to get done. And I can even boil it down into its like, actionable steps at certain parts of my creativity but the actual execution of everything is it's just not possible for me to do I can I can execute some things regularly pretty well but if I have a doer on my team man we fly we just fly and I've met <laughs> I've had some really amazing projects in my uh, experience and that I still call those people to this day and say man if I can if I can secure a nice amount of funding, you're the first, second, third person I'm going to call to try to loop you in on this project because, you know, you have a skill set I don't have. And I think oftentimes we feel like we have to do it all, but we're not designed that way. Like we're not designed to have nope. every <laughs> skill set, you know, we are designed for community. So I think that's the other fun part about having the experience I have of just working you know, a lot of different places is meeting a lot of different kinds of people and then trying to maintain those healthy relationships and respectful, you know, when you leave a place, leave respectfully so that you have an, a chance to go back and say, hey, do you want to work together again on this other project? It's interesting being a creative and knowing like you can't do it all. And then also, like, I don't know, it's just, it's hard. It's hard because you're like, if I only had money, if I only had mm -hmm. like extra 25 grand, I could do this startup and pull my friends in and get them involved and we could all just see what happens, you know? I feel that. Mm -hmm. I feel that so much. Actually, so fun story behind, you'll see that this Escort channel is named Pseudonym Social. That name actually came from, there's a time, it was actually about a year ago where I was thinking about doing like taking a stab at doing, doing a sort of like a, little one-person marketing company where I do social media marketing for authors and so that's where the name came from but I ended up kind of deciding to not do that well at least not for now but so I still had the WordPress website and I was started working on all these podcast ideas I started with this one 
And then I came up with the Tales of Adventure because people kept asking me where the Patreon was. And I'm like, well, if you want to give me money, I can make one. (laughs) Right. So I just decided to, I was like, well, I have this website I'm not using. Why don't I use it as sort of an umbrella? And if somehow this all works out, I could just make it its own little production company. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. I think people often feel like you have to have like the best idea before you get started. And that's not the case. You sometimes just have to go with what you have. Like you are using what you already have around you to just get started and to continue your project and have a place to exist. It hasn't always been that way for me. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it just needs to exist and then you can make it better afterwards, but it's not going to get better if you don't just, Mm -hmm. just, you just got to do it and figure it out. And understand that people really they're okay with taking a journey with you. They're okay with, okay, we're going to switch gears and go in this direction. You know, you might lose some people if you're going to do like a massive brand flip, but if people get who you are and what you're doing, they'll follow kind of whatever you need to do to, to keep going. And I used to get really hung up in stuff like that. Like, so I worked in the radio station proper. Like we'd go in, there was a studio, We would be live every morning broadcasting, you know, the whole shebang. And then when that became really restrictive and they started to say what we can and could and could not say on the radio and they wanted, you know, to change how we did our show, we decided to leave the radio station and and go independent and then sell our radio show directly to, to stations instead of being at a radio station and having restrictions. And when we did that, we started out of the uh, my radio partner's, his, again, his name is Aaron, out of Aaron's basement. He had this room in his basement that was a <laughs> bunker for like a storm shelter. So it was completely concrete. We drilled holes through the concrete to run our equipment uh, connections in there. And I got a butcher table that was for a kitchen from my house. And that's where we set up our microphones And then there was like this other like rickety piece of furniture that we bought so that I had a place to kind of put some of my stuff. And then the side table with a cardboard box on top of it so that I could set my laptop up higher. Cause (laughs) so it was just so rickety looking and (laughs) like duct taped together, but it was our own. And I used to, that used to bother me. I, I used to think like, it's not, it doesn't look right, or we need to get better equipment, or, you know, um, it's got to look this particular way. Uh, we have to get the big website going right now, and we have to do a daily blog and a daily social media post. And Daily blog sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I know some people do it, but I'm like, mm, nope. Well, and, and I, I, they're all really, really good ideas, but the, again, the execution of them and the follow through and the consistency, which is super important. You know, that that takes planning and work. And my partner was not passionate about any of that stuff. And he didn't care that we were operating from, you know, bunker and all that. Like he didn't care about that. And and so I kind of calmed down in that there's a three-year period of us uh, broadcasting out of that house specifically. And, you know, I think people are, they're interested in the final product. They're interested in listening to that show and having a good time and hearing the joy. And, you know, that's where I really learned it's just so important to make it manageable because if you're not having a good time, then your product isn't going to have a good time and people can tell. 
Mm-hmm. So I really calmed down in those years. And, <laughs> you know, now I, I love looking at those pictures and seeing, you know, where we've come. Yeah, I mean, we all got to start somewhere. Ooh. I'm currently sitting at a desk in the corner of my room with the microphone plugged into my laptop. That, that's the entirety of my setup. Oh, yeah. And closets are great because they mute the sound. So there's been so many times I've jumped on for a call and I've got my mic, uh, my little travel mic that I have, and I'll jump into the closet and I'll just, you know, face all of my clothes so that it mutes the sound and it works perfectly fine. And, you know, nobody's the wiser. Mm -hmm. I think we should care about where our food is made and how clean the kitchens are. But other than that... (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't care. It should be good, clean. Yeah, bathrooms and kitchen should be clean. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the rest of it, you know. The only reason I don't record in my closet is I don't quite can't quite fit uh, in my closet. It's not quite big enough for that. Yeah, that's probably true. There are some closets you may maybe shouldn't try to slip into. But origin stories are fun. But one day I'll have a big enough closet, and it'll be great. There you go. Kind of like my my picture of my dream apartment is it's a two bedroom apartment where my one of the bedrooms is an office and I've put like all of my whatever season it, it isn't closed in the closet and I just have a little table in there where I can put my laptop while I record. It's great. Like and that's something that's so obtainable. And I just think back on when I used to be like, okay, I've gotta go and I've got I'm gonna rent. I'm gonna go downtown. And I'm going to go to the center of downtown and I'm going to try to rent the most expensive space with like windows all around so people can come see us do the show. Like those are amazing dreams to have. And I, again, I love dreaming and I love thinking about the possibilities. But when you break that stuff down, it can almost weigh you down if you think that's how it should be. So now I can like more appropriately dream and then not be so upset at reality. Is I don't know. It's just it's better to start. It's better to get going, and it's better to have a good time doing it than it is to sit there and dream about how it should be, and miss out on momentum that you have now. Especially if you've got time. You know, if if mm-hmm. anyone is listening and you have the time for a project, man, time it becomes so precious as other things encroach later on, like as life gets more complicated. So if you have time, you know, to um, really put into your passion, I would recommend figuring out a way to cut down those barriers and sort of figure out where you're creating your own problems and then, you know, push through and, and, you know, get something going. It's never quite as complicated as you think it will be. It's usually a different kind of complicated. Yep. But also, even if it doesn't work out, like say you do something, it fails. Now you know. Now you know how not to mm-hmm. do it. And you tried. So you can take what you've learned and build it into something else and keep trying different things till you find something that works. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's it's okay. Yeah. I, I, playing the uh, worst case scenario game um, is something that I do regularly just to kind of calm myself down and go, okay, all right. So the worst case scenario is I put this project out there and only 10 people listen to it. So then I have to make sure that my motivation isn't listeners or it's not download numbers. It's my motivation is getting something out of myself that's valuable. Because I am, you know, like I was saying earlier, I am looking at doing my own project like by myself. So I've always had a radio partner or I've had other people kind of doing something with them, coming alongside them or whatever. And I've I've not yet done my very own thing. And so it's been something that I've been noodling for probably four years now. 
but I, it hasn't felt like the right time or I haven't known what I wanted to do. And so my ideas, you know, again, the curse of the creative is there are a lot of ideas. And so how do I land on one and then make sure that as the only person managing it, instead of having a team of people to lean on, that I want to go to the table and do the work to do that for myself. Uh, so that's, that's been a tricky kind of thing for me is making sure <laughs> that whatever I do next, it's the motivation is in the right space. It's ironic because I'm actually in the exact opposite situation. Pretty much everything I've ever worked on has been, well, like I've had people where I can ask them for help and like ask questions and get feedback, but everything I do, I've done entirely by myself, like pseudonym social is entirely me hmm. well i yeah. say that the music for my podcast was not done by me i paid my, i paid a friend to do that <laughs> but that's because i am not that kind of musically inclined and he's really good at it there you go yeah. pretty much everything i've ever worked on it's been a, on a team of me so i kind of look forward to the day when i can have a team of people to lean on so it's not just me working on stuff so we're both coming at this from completely different angles that's really cool i i wish i had that and again i wonder if this is something that i would have developed better if i'd gone to college i am such a social worker not an actual social worker the job but i mean like i am <laughs> motivated <laughs> i'm motivated in projects by having somebody with me and it's a crutch sometimes, and it's a deterrent for me to to do my own thing often because I feel like, oh, even though I know how to do it by myself, I'm not as motivated because I love partnership and I love group work. So it's, yeah, we, we're very, we're different in that way, which is, I'm not surprised by at all, but it's neat because again, there's all different kinds of ways to be it's sort of just being aware of like your strengths and weaknesses and then knowing how to ask for help. So one of the things I've done recently is I actually hired a, I'm going to call her a life coach. She doesn't call herself a life coach, but that's basically what it is. She's kind of an accountability coach. So I tell her my projects that I'm working on and their, and their progress. And then she challenges me to get past some of my BS or, Hey, you said you were going to work on that and you haven't brought it up in like two weeks. So did you like drop that? Are you really pushing when you should? Because I need, for me, I need to have that voice in my head, at least right now. And maybe in years, I won't need that because I'm kind of getting that training. But right now I kind of have to have those training wheels uh, for my own personal motivation. So that is something that I've recently done to sort of try to combat my uh, shortcomings. And it's funny, like people are super okay with counsel uh, you know, if you feel like you need to talk to somebody and you need to get perspective, but it's the same for business. It's the, it's the exact same. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you really need to have that exterior motivation to keep you on task. And when you work for yourself, like I do, you can get kind of distracted and spend a couple hours on Twitter and TikTok and <laughs> like <laughs> an Instagram or YouTube and and go, oh crap, I just lost two hours and now I'm hungry. So now I lost an hour to eat and I got a script due and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> speaking of Twitter, someone on Twitter said something once. And the great thing about free working freelance is whenever you don't want to work on a project, you can just stop. The bad thing about working freelance is whenever you don't want to work on a project, you can just stop. <laughs> 
and I I feel that because like I've bounced like I've bounced between like freelance work, which is currently died off for a little bit and like my schedule's all over the place so I've really kind of had to teach myself how to get consistent with things and I have some discord communities that I'm a part of that are focused around podcasters most of it's audio dramas because that's also something I'm interested in mm, but just sort mm-hmm. of like having them to talk to and also sort of like having the people that are on this discord to talk to as well as like certain friends of mine like they cut they help support and encourage me as I'm doing this stuff so like I do have that person like people that I can lean on that I can either lean on it for advice or someone that will just like give me a hug and tell me hey you're doing great keep going when I start getting worn down it's been really helpful so like I think it's that might be similar to sort of like what you get from working with people. It's just because we've had different experiences and we've had to learn to adapt to working in different ways. Yeah. I think a lot of life is self-reflection and just being honest about, uh, and a little bit fearless. And we talked about this uh, too, about not fearing failure. It's, it's like that for our personal lives too, whether it's how we relate to people or how we're doing our jobs. I, I really love encouraging people to find a way to turn the mirror on themselves in an, in a fashion that's not self-deprecating. It's just that important part of reflection. And, and oftentimes you're motivated to do that when you're around people who fearlessly example a way to do that in a healthy way. So um, if you've got a community of people around you who are encouraging you and also doing their own work and able to talk about it from a really like mature, healthy perspective, Man, it's it's so powerful, and I, that's why I love internet community. Is because there are there's a level of fearlessness when you can kind of exist, you know, online or in chat rooms or on forums or whatever, because you can really kind of boldly talk about the 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 things that you have going on, and you can boldly share stories as well. So that's like one part of life, and then the other, of course, is having actual tangible, healthy, consistent relationships. You know, like I've I've thought about opening up a little bit of my time to mentorship. Because I've been mentored through the years and I've really loved it. And I know that that's a way that I could kind of serve the community and serve people who are interested in kind of learning or having like an iron sharpens iron is a common kind of way. Somebody to challenge you like my friend is challenging me uh, to do in my business. So if you have someone that you can sort of get raw with and also just mess up and it's not about failure and it's not about feeling shame it's just like just talking normally about the pros and cons of whatever you're going through and learning from them because that's really what motivates you to keep doing anything in life is when you kind of feel that excitement to be alive and awake and engaged i think we're all here to just be a part of that. And this is gonna sound so hippie, but kind of that vibration, just like sending out that message and sending out that important stance and perspective that like your perspective and your voice and your personal sprinkle out there, your personal, your personal flavor out in society is incredibly valuable. And so not to just cave in on ourselves and hide in shame, but like just to open up and share. And I just love that that seems to be the vibe, at least that I have found so far. I know that there's super dark and twisted people out there and there's internet trolls and haters and all that stuff. But for the most part, I 
continue to find really positive pockets of passionate people. Um, and that's super encouraging. It really is. And for all of those trolls and the not so great people, their most social media gives you the ability to block them. And that's totally fine. <laughs> I've blocked several yeah. people where I'm just like, yeah, no, don't feel like engaging yep. with you. Don't need you in my life. Don't even know who you are. So bye. Yeah, I'm I'm not looking forward to going through that since I have only been working with this bigger platform with CinemaSins for, um, I mean, I haven't even been there for a year. And I'm really, uh, with the, the Behind the Sins podcast, I think we're on our 22nd episode. So it's very new t- to their lineup. And they haven't even started really advertising for it yet, as far as up on the main channels on YouTube and things like that. And so the people who know about it are the most passionate fans. And the most passionate fans are not your haters. Those are your supporters. <laughs> so, so far, all of my exposure has been, like, we have a Discord. And um, so we have this nice forum chat set up, you know, like like you do, of just l- people who are fun and care. And I get messages on Twitter, like, so when I started with them, uh, and and they and I, they got more public with me being part of the team because I was sort of, I'm sure this is how it is for a lot of jobs. But when I first started writing for CinemaSins, it was kind of like more of a shadow where people didn't know that I was part of the team, and now they're getting more vocal. I've been on their main podcast, and I'm starting to show up as a, a name more frequently. But even on Twitter. When I started working for them, I think I had had 600 uh, followers on Twitter, and now I'm at 906. So all of those have happened just in the next, yeah, just in a few months, and nobody even knows really who I am. I mean, Jeremy, who is the co-creator of the channel and has the handle at CinemaSins on Twitter, he included me in a couple of tweets in the last month since I officially started full-time with them, and it's only been this month. And Again, right now, I have that encouraging foundation of fan support and love. And so I'm sure as soon as they start advertising on the main channel and we start really pushing the podcast, I'm sure there's going to be some people who are just going to start getting inappropriate on Twitter and all that stuff. And I'm totally with you. It's just going to be a block fest. I am not worried about hurting people's feelings. I've I I killed I killed that sense of being obligated to people and their opinions about who I am uh, recently, and it was a very powerful experience. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't care anymore. That's great. <laughs> also, if they're trolling you, if they're harassing you, they don't care about your feelings. So why should you care about theirs? Exactly. Yeah, it's not my it's not my job to make people like me. It's my job to again, kind of. Be my own advocate and make sure that what I'm doing, I enjoy. And so I get to decide those boundaries and put those down and, and kind of maintain those. And, and this is encouraging, hopefully for you guys too, is just to remember, go back to your foundation. If you're, if you feel like all you're hearing is the negativity and whether it's a job or it's, you know, family or friendships, if you really feel like all you're hearing is negativity just spend some time and go back in your mind to when was the most recent time that you felt really supported and encouraged and what happened, you know, since then, did your relationships change? Did you start hanging out with different people? And then fearlessly reach back out to those voices of support, try to re-engage with something healthy so that you can get that feedback kind of in your, in your life. And and that's Mm -hmm. a, 
again, so important to find a, a way to tap into source so that you can really be you and make those decisions and how to handle, you know, your day-to-day stuff without, without it coming from a place of stress and fear. Yeah. And another thing to keep in mind is some people just like to be unhappy about things because like yeah. my, both of my podcasts, they're pretty new. Each has one five-star review. Pretty sure my boyfriend did that. Um, but for <laughs> Tales of Adventure, which is where I interview people's D&D characters, there was one person that left a one-star review and he's like, poor sound quality. The music is distracting. I'm like, okay. That that's probably fair. I'm still working on like the balance of stuff because I have music in the background. But mm-hmm. I'm like I've I I think I finally found that sweet spot where it's not distracting, but it provides a nice little sort of background, right? To everything. So I'm like still getting used to stuff. Fair and and they said like um terrible narration. There really isn't much because it's mostly just conversation. Unless because like sometimes the person I'm interviewing they'll describe something that their character does so they'll sort of play along with that Mm -hmm. um poor scripting it isn't scripted at all like i might know some stuff ahead of time but that's just so i can know what my character should know about right to make sure to know what things to ask about Mm -hmm. and it's like there's no consistent plot i'm like you're right there is no consistent plot that's not the point of the show (laughs) you didn't read (laughs) i i do play on like hat there have it starting to sort of leave the breadcrumbs for a little background plot for Isra, but that's not until later because I'm waiting for things to to see if things start building up with that and then start seeing how many people wonder about who she is or what she is or every time like in the first episode it's like oh Tiamat's rising and she makes a comment under her breath about I knew we should have used stronger words, so I'm trying to leave little question marks and to, to see what people come up with. Yeah, it's always interesting to me that there's there always seems to be a voice of darkness that kind of comes out when you really step out and do something that means a lot and you you feel vulnerable. To me, it's almost expected at this point in life. And so when it happens, I can kind of go, huh, yeah, not a surprise you're here or whatever. You know, like those types of things are to me, it's a it's a it's either an opportunity to engage in something really dark, whether you're gonna go into your own mind and start questioning your purpose and why you're here and things like that, or it's like a challenge to just go. Oh, interesting criticism. That's something to think about, but that doesn't define me. And then you just get stronger and stronger at hearing criticism. But I will say, you know, all those years on radio, I, you know, people have opinions about whatever you talk about. They have opinions, what you look like, because they want you to become what they're comfortable with. And, and so being in any kind of public forum or any kind of public format at all, or any kind of a public figure, it just comes alongside of a, a, a deep journey of finding out your roots and discovering how you can be unshakable by other people's opinions. Cause they're going to come whether you've asked for them or not. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's just the world that we live in. Sometimes like, like I said, with that person's criticism, some of those points were fair. It's stuff that I'm still working on, but I just decided, well, this person listened to it enough that they decided to take the time to leave a review. So that's kind of exciting. 
And also, you mm-hmm. know how on like iTunes reviews, you can leave like a little sort of like headline sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You put not quiet hello from the magic tavern. So I just took that. Oh my and god! I was like, I just got compared <laughs> to hello from the magic tavern, guys. <laughs> which is a bunch of which is a group uh, of professionals who have like an actual editor. Yes. Oh yeah, that's a really interesting compare. You're right. You can totally turn that into that's actually like a. That's a compliment. I mean, it's snarky, but it's still a compliment. Yeah, that that's what I decided to do with it. So I'm like, you just gotta roll with it. And I, it also did make me realize I probably need to like make sure it's more clear that I'm interviewing people, like interviewing D and D characters and stuff. I might redo the trailer and tweak some stuff. Yeah. But I've been doing this for like right. a couple of months. Everything that I've learned about audio editing, I've pretty much entirely taught myself. That's awesome. Or you know, used YouTube, and I'm just kind of making it up as I go, and apparently I look like I know what I'm doing. Well, and that's amazing. That's so cool, because not everybody has the motivation to to do that. I'm always fascinated by people who are self-starters. One of my friends, uh, his name is Sean Lee, and he is a, a musician, but he was raised in a family where they, like, deconstructed engines on their car <laughs> and would take apart like soundboards and then put them back together. And he was on Instagram the other night and he was describing how he was taking apart this speaker from the 1970s. And I have zero interest in any of this except for his passion. It's just so fascinating to me that people are willing to teach themselves how to do something because they just really want to know and then put it out there for people and then keep learning. Like it's just, it's so encouraging and it's really, really inspirational. And it sounds cheesy to say that, but to me, I kind of think about those people in my life, personal experience I've had with people who just take the hits and keep going. And I use those as motivation uh, in my hard times. If I can't find it myself, I'll look at other people and go, okay, this is how they did it. Or man, they were in a worse position than I was and they found a way to just dig deep and not give up. And that's, I mean, it's just, it's about like, again, finding, finding how you can keep doing those things and then try to stay with it. Try to surround yourself with people who encourage you to do that same stuff. And sometimes you have to hear hard things like, you know, criticism is not easy. That person maybe said it in a crass way. They could have sent you a private message and been like, Hey, I noticed that your sound is uh, a little bit loud do you need help? Uh, here are some resources. But most often people just want to leave a quick, you know, impersonal comment and and then disappear. And so, like you said earlier, we have you have to kind of remember that if they're just going to drop in and say something critical and leave, they're not really dedicated to your project and your passion. So don't take their opinions and give them more weight than they deserve. You can find the jewels and the gems inside of the crap if you want to keep digging, or you can just leave it alone and keep doing what you're doing. It's it's really fascinating. So congratulations to you on all of your self-taught stuff. We have a podcast. Uh, we just went over 200 episodes and um, it doesn't release regularly uh, anymore just because both Aaron and I are very busy and you know, our audience has kind of come to expect that when it's in the feed, it's in the feed and that's okay. Yeah, there's, there's different ways to do it, but I kind of want to like stay and talk about more of your podcast stuff, but I'm like, I have to finish editing this video <laughs> for my mom, otherwise I might never be found again. <laughs> 
Oh, I know. And I actually have to get back to my script writing. I'm writing on one that I can't tell you about because it won't be out for a few weeks, but I've got a due date today. So I've got to jump back into to my world of writing and editing and all that. And I'm sure we'll have many more conversations. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your show. Thank you for wanting to be on my show. Like I'm I'm still blown away when effort people are like, oh my gosh, yes, I'd love to be on your show. I'm just like, oh, this makes me so happy. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's cool to support other creators. Um, and if I ever get my own show up and running, I'll send you a message. <laughs> oh yeah, no, for sure. I'll help like signal boost that however much that helps cool i appreciate it (laughs) yeah we we're definitely gonna chat again in the future once um perhaps it's craig not listening in but is there anything really quick that you want to plug before you leave yeah sure uh you guys can follow me on twitter if you are on twitter my handle is at danae says that's d-e-n-e-e-s-a-y-s and my podcast that I just referenced that I do with my radio partner, Aaron, is called Shoe the Dough. It's a spoonerism for do the show. Um, that's shoe, like the shoe on your foot, the dough, D-O-E. And you can also just search for Aaron and Danae and find it or just message me if you can't find it. We have a really good time. We do a variety of segments. We kind of cycle through just different creative things. And then, of course, if you are a fan of Cinema Sins. You can listen to the Behind the Sins podcast, and that one is all about what CinemaSins is doing. So there's several things that you can connect to. An Incomplete Guide to World Domination is directed and produced by Brianna Toyber as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. Music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. You can find more of his work at chesterstudios.net. If you would like to help support our show, you can find us at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. You can also leave a review on iTunes to make our show easier to find for those who need it. For more information on the other shows produced by Pseudonym Social, please check out our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com.